0: What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of The Techie and the Cowboy. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie.
1: And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy.
0: And we have another special guest for you guys. I'm excited about this one. T.W., you want to make the introduction?
1: Yes, I'd like to introduce everybody to my friend Bradley Hawkins, otherwise known as The Hawk. He and I are becoming friends because we have in common the film industry, whereas I dabble in screenwriting, he is actually uh, putting a lot of time both as an actor, a teacher of film, uh, and a director and producer of a very captivating, heartwarming, and award-winning short called "Caf Rope, which we will be discussing. I introduce Bradley Hawkins. and How you doing today, Hawk? Hey, I'm
2: doing great. This is uh, uh, really cool uh, to be uh, meeting you guys here this way, uh, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to our chat.
1: Great. So let's roll that fabulous intro.
2: And now a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours, the Techie and the Cowboy.
1: Okay, so, so we're back now. So I'd like to formally introduce uh, Bradley Hawkins, my friend Hawk. He's from Encino, California, where, among other things, he was the founding director of an internationally acclaimed music youth group called The Spirit of Sunnyvale Marching Band. In addition, he was on stage as an actor. He did musical theater. He did commercials, some short films some industrial films, TV, and feature. Then in 97, he and his family moved to Pennsylvania where he taught in the high schools, taught film studies, acting, and humanity courses. And when he retired from that, he got heavily involved in the film industry, doing more acting, but as well, he also does print media and he advises actors and he himself is a talent he does some print work of the industrial shorts tv and features so everybody please give a warm welcome to our new friend <laughs> bradley hawkins aka the hawk
2: ah uh, thank you very much for the intro there um uh, tw i appreciate it um and uh, again i'm looking forward to our uh, our time together here um and uh, I'm ready and willing to answer uh, or talk about any topics here you guys want to chat about here today.
1: Okay, but before we go on there's I'm remiss because I didn't when I, when I looked up, that you've got 16 acting credits on IMDb, correct? Yeah. Which includes titles like The Last Man in Europe, The Golden Bullet, Unusual Suspects, and Announced... Forest of the Dead. So you've, you've got little career thing going for you, don't you?
2: Yeah, uh, uh, where, where I've had the most um, uh, success as far as in a f- a film and TV have been uh, the um, uh, docudramas that are on TV on like Investigation Discovery and, th- and channels like that. Um, I did a lot of theater prior to going into that, and a lot of commercials and such. So um, yes, my my path towards becoming a film director producer was in through the acting door, uh, so, uh, where I where I got my start. So uh, those IMDb credits are that's how I got my IMDb page was initially as an actor, uh, but I've really been directing my entire life, as it turns out, as far as going all the way back to my. My dad gave me an eight millimeter camera uh, back in the 60s, and I immediately started filming little short films, silent short films with my brothers and neighborhood kids. And so I got the directing bug very early on. My my first uh, path after retiring from teaching was to jump back on the horse, no pun intended, um, uh, uh, as an actor and... Um, things morphed towards becoming a director and a producer from there.
1: So we're gonna talk about more, a little bit more specifically about the your uh, calf rope project, but, and you've talked about how you kind of made the switch from uh, actor to going back to being the director you always wanted to be since you were a kid. But a question would come up is how do you select the projects that you choose to work on?
2: Well, that, uh, so that kind of ties in with the whole path of actor to director. My first professional film project was born out of a situation where my daughter, uh, I'd been acting for quite a while. My daughter started getting an interest in acting, and as a new actor, actors, their primary job is auditioning. Unless you're in that top 1% of actors, an actor's job is to audition, and then once they get the part that's the getting the parts the hard part once you get the part it's a much easier route but the competition is fierce and so as a young new actor my daughter she was becoming frustrated with the audition process world my daughter sarah's idea is that we should be creating our own content that way we don't have to go through the audition process we create something that we come up on our own and dad dad you've got skills that way as an actor and uh you you know you've um, worked for the school district. You taught with as their one to produce the uh, in-house videos for the school district. So let's look for something that we could do together that way. And initially, we were looking for a project where we, where we can both act in. As I came home after one of my trips to L.A., I got this text message from my daughter about this horrific audition that she went to. So she said that to me, and I read through this. And I called her back. I said, you know that project we were talking about looking to do together for us both to act in? I don't see that, but what you just sent me, I think there's this is a movie we should be making. There's no part in it for me, but let's put you in the driver's seat as the lead actor. I'll direct this thing and let's see what happens with this. And that's what launched our first film, Roller Coaster. And that little first project ending up shocking, everybody, uh, us in particular, into uh, where that won 30, uh, 30 awards nationwide with our very first project. Dadley Productions is our father-daughter uh, film production company, with Roller Coaster being our first project. I wrote a second project with a co-writer, a comedy fantasy, but that created our second film, which is called Filling In. As far as Cafrop, our newest project, um, That came out of a desire to tell sort of my own story. Wanting to move from short films to features, after having two award-winning shorts, Rollercoaster winning 30, we doubled the awards on filling in with 61 awards, and that one went global. And from the success of the two of those, my daughter said, dad, you're ready to move on to features. We really should be moving on to features because it's almost impossible to monetize short films. But then there was something just tugging at my heart that I had this story, I have to get out. And it's the this, this story that basically is a, a memory piece of my relationship with my grandfather when I was a young boy. And uh, that's the main theme, if you would, for calf rope.
0: So, and, so where would all the, I mean, I, I like, I'm interested in watching them now. So where would somebody go to actually be able to view these, these shorts? You
2: know? Okay. So, um, uh, Uh, Roller Coaster and Filling In are both available on Amazon Prime. Path Rope just got uh, uh, released in May. It is just now on its uh, journey on the film festival circuit path. And so it will not be available on a streaming service like Amazon for at least a year.
1: I have uh, one last film question for you. They talk about telling a universal truth, the story that you're telling. So I would ask you, well, let's take Caffro, for example. What is that universal truth that you're trying to tell with it?
2: I think it'd be easier and more clear for me to say what Dadley Productions brand of film is. Because it applies to all three of my movies. I'm very much, uh, I think there's an overlaying theme in all my films of overcoming adversity. I love, love, love stories that deal with overcoming adversity and there's definitely a theme of that connected in all three of my uh, films. I de- de- describe our brand of Dadley Productions as live action Pixar, in the sense of a seven-year-old can enjoy it and a 77-year-old can enjoy it even more from having more life experience, but that it speaks to both audiences and everybody in between. So uh, what's important to me as both a, a filmmaker and, a, and as a Christian, is that there's plenty enough darkness out there in the film world. I mean, you go on to, and I'm not gonna beat up on a platform, but you, we all know what platforms I may be talking about. There are platforms out there where it's so difficult to find something that isn't filled with um, gratuitous violence, sex, um, uh, evil, uh, uh, horror as options, but really difficult to find content that you can sit and enjoy with your entire family. And so overcoming adversity is something that is important to me. And I think it speaks well as, as a Christian as well. Um, and, uh, and wanting to bring some light into a dark world that way.
0: And I appreciate that because I have a 10 year old and I'm with you with the trying to find content, We like to watch shows together. That's one of the things that we like to do, uh, you know, during the week after homework done and it's done and everything else. And some of these shows, even when they start off, like at the beginning of the season, well then they always have to throw stuff in there. And you're like, I don't want to explain that <laughs> at this point. I just want to enjoy something for the family, you know? I
2: totally hear you. And uh, uh, <laughs> so that's uh, very much on my heart. Uh, since I know a lot of your audience on your podcast, I love the title of your podcast, by the way, Techie the Cowboy. That's a, <laughs> that's a hook right there. <laughs> but people ask me deeper about So tell me more about your heart as a filmmaker. What is it you, you aspire to be? My favorite music group, rock band, if you will, um, has been since the early 2000s, Switchfoot. Um, I love the band Switchfoot. Two of my favorite songs are uh, Dare You to Move and We Were Meant to Live. And I love the themes. Both of those are very much overcoming adversity themes in both of those. I would love to be, uh, I aspire to be the Switchfoot of indie uh, faith-based Christian films where uh, it's very much seeker friendly, very much crossover. My films are, I don't seem making evangelical films per se, but films that were, that are very much seeker friendly, that are open the doors and make people want to find out more about Christ and maybe change their minds somewhat about what church is and what it means to be a Christian And that, frankly, was my door into Christianity, to be honest with you. Just a quick testimony background. Um, That
0: was going to be my next question. So that was a great lead-in. Perfect. Oh, cool.
2: (laughs) Cool. So I was not uh, raised in a Christian family. Uh, My parents did take me to church as a young boy, but that's not how I found Christ, through my parents. I was very much a seeker, and so I credit three sources for leading me to Christ. First and foremost was very controversial going back in the 1970s and that was the film the musical adaptation of jesus christ superstar and that came out in 1972 and in 1972 that film was picketed and there were protesters out from the churches at every screening of it saying this is the most blasphemous thing that has ever been put on film and for me at 17 All that did was pique my interest. And so I went to go see it. I knew very little about Christ prior to uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I knew there wasn't an Easter bunny. I knew that the real meaning of Easter had to do with this guy named Jesus, uh, who people claim that is the son of God and that he died on a cross. And that was about all I knew prior to seeing Jesus Christ Superstar. I had never heard of the 39 Lashes. I did not have any idea who Pontius Pilate was. Fat, and I loved hard rock music. I was really, really grabbed by the scene from Ted Neely and Carl Anderson and Yvonne Elliman. And it was just like, whoa, this is not what I expected at all. So that movie, rather than turn me off, it turned me on to wanting to find out more. So where is the truth here? You know, what Of this is biblical? What of this was made up? And it, it made me want to find out more. Second credit goes to Hal Lindsay's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, which came out in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. And that book brought me to my knees. And that's when I accepted Christ from that. And I had a friend, and that's how God works, a friend who was a Christian before I was. Who gently was nudging me in that direction, turned me on to
0: like great planet Earth. And so, everybody in their career has hit different points where it is that they've leaned on their, their faith in order to be able to overcome. Um, uh, you know, if they haven't, I always tell young guys, you just haven't it yet. Right? <laughs> it's it's, it's coming, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, talk about if there's been a, a big thing that you can actually think of a big point, a turning point in your career where it is that you had to lean on your faith. Uh, and that really pushed you through. Or even after you've gotten through it, you look back and you're like, wow, that was really, Faith is what really got me through all of that. Uh,
2: this is a super easy answer. And that is Calf Rope. Calf rope was planned to have been shot in 2018. We knew while filling in was on the film festival circuit that the next movie was going to be Calf Rope. But the making of Calf Rope, I've never relied God more on my life than seeing that this movie come through because everything about this movie has I've seen as being led by God from the get go, from putting even the idea in my my head to do an homage to relationships between grandparents and grandchildren and using my own story that way. Every step of the way I felt God at work and that included the stop signs which nobody wants, but God planned there and for good reason. So, Calf Rope, we started writing the screenplay in uh, the winter of 2017 with fully intending to shoot Calf Rope in 2018. So, uh, and we believe we had a financier Uh, who had a lot of experience raising money, who was on board. So what I was doing is simultaneously when going to a film festival to promote filling in, I would book another day or two to be able to audition actors in those regions for calf rope. So we had a nationwide talent search to to cast calf rope because it's challenging roles. We fully intended to shoot in 2018 but our money guy fell through and disappeared and uh, it didn't happen. So all the dominoes were in movement, but not the money. However, I had found this young, very young junior rodeo champion who I met at age 12. And there's a flashback scene in calf rope of the grandfather when he's a young boy as a junior rodeo champion. And I found this kid and it's like, we've got to grab this kid and shoot him before he uh, goes into puberty and is, is shaving or else it's going to lose that appeal. So all we were able to shoot in 2018 was that flashback rodeo scene. So what we did with that footage we shot in 2018, we created a teaser trailer from a bunch of rodeos footage that we had some shots that alluded to a different relationship, modern time and created a teaser trailer for the film. We used that teaser trailer in the film in 2019 to raise the funds that we needed to shoot calf rope in August of 2019. But here's a big problem. I found my grandfather in 2018 that played Mac, but many of the boys that I found for the younger part a year later, had uh, grown the part and boys grow quickly between the ages of like eight and 10. So we essentially had to start over, but this is a great example of where God came to work. I am so grateful that we were not able to shoot calf rope in 2018. Thank you, Jesus, that we weren't able to because he had in mind somebody completely different to play the role of Brandon than we saw and that was this young guy that was at the very last audition that we held for this. And he just, it was like so clear that that's why this film was delayed. I had not had the right Brandon for this role. And that little guy there has already won more awards in his age, uh, in his very first film. Uh, uh, he's just killing it. And Gorman is, is as well. So, Very easy answer for me. God has had his hands on the making of rope way before I even came up with the idea. It's crazy how I've seen God at work on every step of this film.
0: I love hearing stories of when people uh, surrender to the spirit and allows the spirit to be able to guide them. Uh, oftentimes we try and shove things certain directions based on our ambition and what it is that we want. And well, T.W., I, I have experienced this, him and his writing and me with this book, <laughs> you know, and uh, and a different. And so we love hearing from our guests and we, we hear this running theme where it is that they just surrendered or they gave over or they let the spirit Take control, and it's just amazing the things that come out of that. Right?
2: Oh, I can't tell you how many times it was tempting to, to pray, and so I think God wants me to go ahead. But then, the way God works, I open up my whatever my Bible study was for the day, I go, nah, nah not, don't do that. <laughs> you know, trust me, I know what I'm doing, and just gave me red flag, just gave me very clear neon signs, and I need neon signs now and then. <laughs> um, and so, but I was, I just, I, I really seriously have not had, not prayed and been more connected with God ever in my entire life than through the making of calf rope, through necessity. And uh, I'm still having to do that today with the whole COVID situation. But I'm, I still have to um, be committed to, as a Christian, to not let temptation to uh, try to take
0: the steering wheel from him that's all of our struggles, (laughs) right, in in general, so, so, and, and kind of, uh, you know, wrapping it all up, if there's somebody that's listening right now, who it is, that's kind of having that battle, I love that theme of, you know, surrendering to the spirit, or, you know, following what God has in plan for you, because you said you started off as an actor, and then out of necessity, became a director, and now winning awards, who's, who's, you know, going down that same path, what would be one key thing of advice that you would give to them? Don't try to predict what the next page of your story
2: is. The older I get, the, the, the more minutes, hours, weeks, days, months, years that go by as a, as a Christian, we're works in progress. And uh, to persevere, to understand that God puts things on our hearts very young at age, and those were planted there from him, the talents that he gives us. And we just cannot predict what the next page of our story is. We just need to be faithful and stick with, hang on to his hand and, uh, through life, um, because his plans are way better than ours. And he knows what path that, that we should be taking. Uh, so, uh, perseverance, you know, uh, uh, here, I, I've, I've been wanting to be a filmmaker since I was like seven or eight when I got a camera. And at 57 is when
0: the door opened to start really having something happen with that. Um, um, but with that being said, we always have our outro. So we, you already got a nickname. We, don't, we usually give our guests nicknames, but <laughs> you already got ones. So this is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie.
1: And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. With our special guests.
0: And this is Bradley Hawkins, a.k.a. The Hawk. Signing off with the Techie and the Cowboy. Make sure it is that you subscribe, that you listen, that you share this. But most importantly, we want to be able to hear your feedback. So on our Facebook page and on our Instagram page, feel free to be able to, to ask any questions that you have, and we'll pass them on to Bradley. Or if you have any questions in general, let us know. Well, with that being said, let's kick that funky outro.
2: That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for the Techie and the Cowboy. Hit us up
1: on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.